we believe we are kind of the only entity outside China that has such technology in space. And really, in the next uh, two years or so, we are we are looking to deploy our first kind of service demonstration mission to realize this, uh, you know, long distance quantum communication. Welcome to the Space Angels Podcast, Episode Seventeen: Quantum Security. I'm your host, Chad Anderson, CEO of Space Angels, the world's leading source of capital for early-stage space companies. You can find us on social media at Space Angels. In this podcast, we explore what's happening at the cutting edge of this new entrepreneurial space age and speak to the founders at the forefront. Today, we're going to be talking about quantum security. You may know that quantum computing is advancing rapidly, and this is creating a problem for secure communications that rely on the supposed mathematical complexity of asymmetric encryption keys. Although these keys are secure against computational hacks today, most are easily cracked with quantum computers. China's leading the world in its own impenetrable quantum secure network. With offices in Singapore and Colorado, Spectral are the only company outside of China that has demonstrated a quantum light source on orbit. The company seeks to leverage quantum technologies to offer secure, scalable solutions for distributing symmetric encryption keys using satellites as trusted key exchanging nodes. They're a quantum security company, and what they're building has been described as the security layer for the quantum internet. That's why I'm so excited about today's guest, Chun Young Loom, who's CEO of Spectral, a space capital and space angels portfolio company described as a game-changing startup of 2020 by CB Insights. Chun Young was previously head of strategic development at the Center for Quantum Technologies in Singapore. He has over 10 years of business development experience, most notably with SES, a world-leading satellite operator in Luxembourg, where he was a senior manager focused on the Asia-Pacific region. He also has a master's in physics from Penn State and an MBA from INSEAD. Chun Young, great to have you on the show. Thanks for taking the time to speak with us. Oh, thanks, Chad. It's a pleasure. So um, if you were in Singapore, it'd be very late in the evening, but you happen to be in the Bay Area today, so a little bit more civilized time. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fine. Uh, morning or late at night, that's great for me. I know that from personal experience working with you. Okay, so uh, we have a lot to cover today, and I want to dive in. To start us off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became involved in, in quantum computing? Uh, sure. So I kind of I started physics for my undergrad, and you know all along in my teenage years has been very interested in, in physics and quantum physics in particular. And you know in my early career, I did a number of experiments and research in quantum entanglement experiments, uh, and that's how how I got involved in you know the quantum world. Obviously, that kind of in the early two thousand was uh, very early in terms of technology development, but really in the past few years. We've seen tremendous progress in quantum technologies in general, and particularly so in quantum computing and also quantum communication. Okay, great. And so this is a a complex topic, and as you said, things are moving really quickly. Um, So I'd like to start at the foundational level and just kind of cover some basics. Can you help our listeners? I mean, most people have probably heard of quantum computing and they know that things are developing there, but can you help us understand what it is and, and how it works? Sure, sure. So quantum computing is the concept that uh, we are using uh, single particles, uh, either atoms, ions, or in, in another more complex term, superconducting qubit. And I'll try to break it down uh, slowly. So a qubit in, in quantum computing speak is a quantum bit. Uh, essentially, you can map a physical 
quantity of an atom to like a one and a zero, right? And the special thing about uh, a qubit is that you can prepare that qubit in a state where it's a mix of zero and one, which is fundamentally different from what the, the bit, the ones and zeros that we are used to right now. So having this ability to control and manipulate that qubit right now enables physicists and well, a lot of companies right now to do very interesting computations um, using quantum algorithms. And, and with this, you know, it opens up a lot of uh, potential for new algorithms to run on applications. Um, mm. People talk about quantum machine learning, mm. um, you know, breaking encryption codes and, uh, and, and so on and so forth. And so uh, classical computers, um, they crunch a lot of ones and zeros and they just, we, we put, pour more and more compute power into the computers and they become faster and stronger and they're able to crunch ones and zeros faster and more efficiently. But what you're saying is a qubit uses superposition so it can be in a one and a zero at the same time and this uh, effectively allows multitasking and and that's what makes a qubit so powerful is that accurate yeah essentially that's that's accurate and combined with another well concept which is called entanglement uh you really want to entangle the individual qubits together and with those with the concept of superposition and entanglement you're preparing the whole kind of ensemble of qubits in a state where you can do meaningful computations on it. And that's, you know, drastically different from the sequential ones and zeros and, and you know, processes that a classical computer has. Okay, and so what would take years for a current computer to do, a quantum computer can achieve in just a few moments. Is that correct? I mean, I've heard, you know, figures like a million times more processing strength than all of the world's computers today combined. Is that real? Uh, yeah, so so uh, there's, a, there's a caveat to it. Um, so with a quantum computer, you need a, a, an associated quantum algorithm that can run a certain task much faster. So not all, not all tasks can be run on a quantum computer faster. Like for example, just like a word processing on a, on a laptop in Word, you know, a quantum computer wouldn't have any uh, speed ups or, or advantage of a classical computer. However, for certain computations, just for example, um, encryption that we use today uh, is based on uh, a difficult mathematical problem. And apparently so that that mathematical problem has an associated, you know, quantum algorithm called a Schwarz algorithm that uh, a quantum computer with the Schwarz algorithm would be able to compute much, much faster than the classical uh, computer can. Hmm. Okay. And then so labs around the world are, are racing to develop the first commercially viable quantum computers. We've seen a lot of headlines, I'm sure. I hear that it's likely still years away, but there's some companies that are, are, are working on this. Who is out there focused on, on the race to quantum supremacy? Right, yeah. So uh, it's very, very exciting uh, right now in the kind of that uh, quantum computing hardware um, um, development. You know, the idea has been around for like 20, 30 years. And literally over the last, you know, four or five years, there has been, you know, essentially exponential or even double exponential, as some people claim, uh, speed ups in kind of the, the development of quantum hardware. So some of the major players uh, today are uh, Google, uh, IBM, and there's a number of very well-funded startups in this domain, uh, like Rigetti, like IonQ, and, you know, um, Zenadu, and a few other kind of major uh, companies or, or startups coming through and having very, very good and concrete progress. 
But defense contractors and um, like Lockheed Martin and others are really looking at this as well, aren't they? Oh, uh, yeah, that, that's right. Uh, I missed out. So Lockheed Martin, I think they, they are partnering with uh, D-Wave. Uh, that was some years back already to look at, you know, using a quantum computer for some of the defense applications, which could be simulation, you know, quantum machine learning and a few other things. Okay, so with regards to security, there is a serious threat to current cryptographic systems, right? I mean, you mentioned that not in all cases, but there's a lot of cases in which current encryption would not be adequate to combat and deter or or fight off a, a quantum attack. Can you help us understand, you know, what types of key infrastructure exist and relies on the types of secure communications that could be, a, you know, um, at risk with the advent of quantum computing? Right, right. So uh, right now, I think the current understanding is that there's this, uh, you know, encryption standard that we use is called a public key infrastructure or public key encryption which essentially uses a complex mathematical problem. Um, this is called factorization. That is currently under threat. Um, you know, a quantum computer with Shor's algorithm would be able to crack um, this uh, PKI. Usually we use, um, in more technical term, the RSA standard, and also another kind of uh, algorithm called the ECC, uh, elliptical curves. Those two will be vulnerable to a uh, potential quantum computing. Hmm. Yeah, so, and... And and that I think we you know I think over ninety percent of all the kind of encryption algorithms you use today are based on either one of those types RSA or ECC. Okay, okay. So this is a really big yeah. problem, potential problem. Yeah, it, yeah. It is it is a huge problem. So a lot of it depends on the security policy of the entity of that individual, on how you know you want to think about this. So fundamentally, for those entities that you know absolute secure communication is key to their the organization, there needs to be kind of a rethink on that infrastructure, that, you know, key exchange infrastructure on how you share secret keys between parties to allow secure communication. Hmm. Is it fair to say that China is leading the world in this regard and in, in, in regards to creating its own impenetrable quantum secure network? Uh, yeah, I would say that is a very fair statement. There's a lot of developments, uh, specifically implementation um, projects in China that, that allows them to have this uh, secure communication network. I'll cite two examples. The first is that you know China has essentially now the longest, uh, I would say longest baseline uh, of a secure network, a quantum secure network between Beijing and Shanghai. That's about a 2,000 kilometer, uh, you know, fiber line, you know, and that's being secured by uh, quantum communication or quantum key distribution for, for one of the technical term. And they're building more lines uh, to, you know, Chengdu and Chongqing and also between Shanghai and some of the nearby cities. So I, I would say they have the, uh, a big head start in de- deploying or implementing uh, secure quantum communication network on the ground in China. Uh, the second kind of example or milestone progress they've made is that they have even done a long distance uh, quantum communication program or project called the MISIA satellite mm-hmm. uh, that was launched in 2017 that allows quantum secure communication between China uh, and Europe and also between two uh, cities within China. Right, and so I've seen video of a video call uh, being transmitted through this 
through a satellite uh, developed by this. Um, this is the China Science yeah, Agency. China Academy of Science. Ac- Academy of Science. And yeah. um, so they've demonstrated this and they have a practical implementation where they're actually securing video calls and things, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's um, right. And I saw just last week that they also deployed the first quantum mobile quantum satellite ground station. So something that you can put on top of a truck or in the back of a pickup or something where they can use it to uh, send and receive secure quantum communications. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're they are making kind of breakthroughs and progress in, on all fronts. Um, yeah, that mobile ground station, I think it's, a, it's, it's also kind of a landmark uh, development because I think uh, to, to enable mass deployment of uh, satellite-based quantum communication, the receiver node, which is telescope on the ground, needs to be kind of manufactured either efficiently or cheaply. And they've now come, you know, and developed like this small, compact size quantum receiver, which is about, you know, 30 centimeter in diameter and weighs about, you know, 80 kg. Uh, that can, yeah, that can be deployed on trucks, you know, easily put on rooftops of buildings and, and so on and so forth. Hmm. So with that kind of technology being developed, you know, it'll be easy to uh, kind of mass manufacture uh, such quantum receivers on the ground and, you know, deploy it anywhere, uh, you know, over the world uh, as and when the demand uh, occurs. Hmm. Okay. And I mean, I've heard a crazy statistic also that, um, so China is planning to spend at least $10 billion over the next three years on quantum technology, which, you know, compare that to what the U.S. is planning to spend. And it's like, 13 times more than the planned U.S. government spending. So they're very serious about this. They've got a great, you know, they've got a a big head start, it sounds like. They've um, proven the ability to intertwine quantum particles from satellite to ground. And now with the portable ground station, they're able to implement it very efficiently and effectively. Would love to hear a little bit about Spectral and what you're working on, how it works in, in relation to this. Um, and in relation to these Chinese efforts. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, you and the team and how this all got started? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so we, uh, as Spectral, we are spun out of a research center called the Center for Quantum Technologies uh, in Singapore. Uh, really, this is, I mean, the concept is about, uh, yeah, quantum key distribution, quantum communication. And uh, we really want to breach the, the problem of a long distance key distribution. Right, um, you can distribute quantum keys uh, through fiber optics, but that's really you know up to about 50, 100 kilometers. We are focused on a long distance kind of intercontinental key distribution. So you know at, at CQT, uh, one of my co-founders, Alex Ling, and his group has been doing or performing experiments, uh, developing technology in quantum communication for the last decade or so. And at CQT, you know um, even longer than that, you know just ground-based experiments has gone. The past 20 years or so, so a long history and heritage of of you know such technology development, and specifically you know we as a team, kind of the founding team uh, from Alex's group, uh, a, a number of key people from the research lab, has kind of moved on and formed Spectral. Uh, one of the the other co-founders, uh, Robert Bendenton, uh, he's a CTO at the company, and he's been leading a lot of the the satellite uh, QKD effort in his group. Now moving on to Spectral to continue that work. So what we've done, uh, we have uh, launched, uh, well, together with CQT, uh, launched two successful experiments, basically kind of demonstrating quantum entanglement in space as a first step, you know, having a prototype 
you know, quantum source or quantum light source, we call it, uh, in space. Uh, and that's been successful. So the, the latest one uh, called Spooky One was launched uh, last year in, in June from the International Space Station, uh, collecting a bunch of data, and it's been very successful so far. So as a company, we really want to leverage uh, that base technology uh, to really rethink on how we can put up a system that is commercially viable and that addresses the requirements of customers for you know, secure communication or quantum secure communication applications. So by and large, kind of, I, I would say, in a very similar domain as what the Chinese is doing on, on the satellite side. Um, we believe we are kind of the only entity outside China that has such technology in space. And really in the next uh, two years or so, we are, we are looking to deploy our first kind of service demonstration uh, mission to realize this, uh, you know, long distance quantum communication. Okay, and so for those who don't know, the, the Center for Quantum Technologies at the National University of Singapore has been uh, involved and in leading in the research in, in quantum technologies for, for quite a while. Is that right? And you were the head of strategy, strategic development for the center. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, um, well, the kind of the connection between CQT and quantum communication goes back a long way. So the director of the center, uh, Professor Arthur Eckert, uh, he was one of the you know early founders of the field called quantum cryptography or quantum communication, uh, essentially pioneering a concept to use entanglement to do you know quantum communication. That was in you know 1991, and he has a very famous protocol called ECHA 1991 that uh, you know a, a lot of our work is based out of. Um, you know we've since kind of moved on to a, a few modified concepts, but um, that was the foundation of uh, you know a lot of work that we do. And since the early 2000s, you know, just research and development and technology in ground-based or fiber-based QKD, free space QKD across two points, you know, on campus across two kilometers, mm-hmm. and now kind of uh, satellite experiments in space. So as a group, I mean, CQT has been, you know, uh, has scored a, a number of world firsts in terms of uh, the technology development in, in quantum key distribution. And now as a phase uh, in the last two, three years, uh, we've seen a lot of that work uh, being commercialized and you know, bring out to market. So my role at, at CQT, uh, we joined CQT in, in 2017 to kind of really take a look at um, what pieces of technology that are right for commercialization and kind of where uh, CQT should be headed in terms of industry engagement, uh, industry collaboration with big partners or big companies and also kind of commercialization and using of the uh, using the IPs for for potential applications. So uh, yeah, working very closely with the team uh, there at CQT and kind of essentially jumping into into one of the startups or Spectral to really bring that technology to the next step. Got it. And so you had been with the center for a while and um, were a pretty integral figure there. And then you you decided to take this technology and spin it out into a business. What was it that compelled you to? to do that, having, you know, spent some time there and obviously you probably have been, you were probably working on a lot of really interesting things. What was it about this that convinced you that this was the thing to drop everything and pursue? Yeah, fundamentally, I think um, the biggest kind of compelling reason is that um, the landscape for quantum communication or, you know, secure secure quantum communication, secure communication has to change. Um, There's going to be kind of a paradigm shift in how we distribute keys or how we use encryption uh, going forward. 
so and and that's kind of the underlying reason that, that compelled me to to jump on this exciting program or or startup. But and and also kind of there's a confluence of two trending topics that I can see kind of make this a viable business. Um, again, you know, technology is great, but without a market for it, uh, without demand for it, it can't stand on its own two feet, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, on a technology front, I think we've come to a point where it's mature enough to kind of take that next step into developing it into a user product. And on the market demand side, some say, you know, we may be a bit too early and so on, but I, I don't, I really don't think so. And, you know, that we have been hearing a lot uh, from the, the customers, be it the government defense sector, uh, telecommunications sector, and also private enterprises, uh, you know, getting worried about the security of, of their communication infrastructure. And more so, I think the, the market potential is much bigger because um, those people, like, like you mentioned earlier, that, you know, many people are still unfamiliar with quantum technologies, mm-hmm. the threats that quantum computing can bring, and, you know, quantum communication, what it is all about. So uh, we've been doing a lot of kind of educational workshops uh, to bring people up to speed. And I think the crucial task for us as community is to bring that, that awareness and education to the broader you know, industry and community. So the market potential, I think, is huge. And, and even I mean, kind of beyond secure communication, um, using entanglement you know, as a fundamental property, there's a lot of other interesting applications that we can build uh, using our technology. So this is definitely something that you don't want to be as a CEO of of a big you know of a company that relies on encryption and and uh, secure communications. You don't want to wake up one day and realize that you missed the boat here and find yourself unprepared. You would probably be in a pretty tough situation. It sounds like one of those things where you know this technology is developing. And if if you're not prepared, like we're going to hit a tipping point at some point in the future, and it sounds like in the very near future. And if you're not prepared for that, you know you're you're wide open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. I mean, um, as a security kind of uh, product or implementation, kind of t- taking a step back, right? Um, today's communication. So any emails or any communication you send out there, even if they're encrypted today. You know, there has been reports that there are widespread wiretapping on, you know, communication infrastructure. It's so easy to steal uh, data from a fiber line, right? Uh, there's, you know, a $100 device you can buy on eBay that, you know, you can splice that fiber and you, you get a copy of the data that's going through the fiber. You know, essentially, I think the current concept of understanding is any communication you set up today is being wiretapped or stored mm-hmm. somewhere by someone. So there's a concept of this, uh, you know, store now and decrypt later attack where, you know, bad actors, they're storing your data and then as and when the technology comes uh, or become mature that they can decrypt those information, uh, your information, the sensitive information would become already vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So the, the idea that you need uh, really prepare now uh, to protect your, your communication for the longer term. It's really urgent, right? Uh, if you're if you're an organization that needs to keep your the data secure for 10, 20 years, um, that piece of information that you sent out could already be compromised by this store and decrypt later attack. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so you've mentioned quantum key distribution (QKD) a few times already. Can you help us understand exactly what that is um, and why it's more safe or or secure than what we're using currently? Yeah, so so 
I mean, the, the threat now is essentially uh, the, the whole kind of encryption uh, concept is based on the sharing of a secret key. How do you share a secret key, right? So right now, the way we do it um, is through a difficult math problem. We just encode that key in a difficult uh, mathematical problem. But again, so I mentioned uh, before, that is not safe right now. So what we plan to do is uh, essentially physically deliver those keys and using we call, well, individual particles of light called photons uh, to deliver those keys. So, uh, you know, essentially we're encoding the ones and zeros in, you know, quantum states of a photon, a single particle of light um, in, a, in a qubit and sending those photons from the spacecraft from the satellite to ground. So we have a, a device on the satellite called a you know, quantum light source that will be able to generate, you know, very secure uh, keys and we deliver those keys from the spacecraft to, you know, um, ground stations all over the world. And doing it this way uh, has a, a few key features, which is uh, if somebody tries to steal your keys, uh, your, your photons, while it's on the way to the ground, um, you will know it or, or we will know it because it will destroy the, the quantum state, so to say. So this is essentially, you know, tamper-proof or unhackable, uncrackable, you know, um, as somebody mentioned. So, you know, having using this kind of method of key distribution would enable entities to have forward security, meaning, you know, no progress in classical computing or quantum computing would be able to break your, your encryption uh, if you get keys this way, because there's fundamentally no way to steal your keys. And how would you know? Um, yeah, so, so it boils down to the quantum property. So when we prepare an entangled uh, pair of photons, right, uh, in, a, in a quantum state, there's, there's, a, there's a concept in, in quantum physics where if you observe mm-hmm. uh, a quantum state, it would assume a definite state, a ones or zero. So before you observe it, before you measure it, it can be a, in a superposition of zeros or one. But once you observe it, you know, it, it, it adopts e- either a zero or a one. Mm-hmm. So with this uh, concept, we will know for sure, I mean, there's a certain post-processing methods we can, we can use to see whether um, an eavesdropper tries to steal the keys and you will turn up as errors in, in, in our communication, uh, in a quantum communication. Mm. Uh, there's, there's you know, a lot of ways to, to do that. How interesting. Okay, and then, so why satellites? I mean, you mentioned earlier that um, fiber is vulnerable, but why use satellites and why are they more secure? Yeah, so satellite, they are kind of, uh, you're more secure in the sense that, uh, well, Hacking a satellite is fundamentally more difficult than you know uh, you know splicing a fiber line on, on the ground, but really I think that the use of satellite is for for the long distance. You know, um, there's no way to relay quantum signals over a long distance. Uh, we use satellite to to relay those signals across large distances, and I think you know technology has come to a stage. You know, the news yeah you know Chad, you've been in kind of new space for for a long time. And the technology is really mature that we can put, you know, small kind of size cubesats in space at, at a cost, you know, effective manner and propagate that, you know, worldwide, right, um, using a quantum device on the spacecraft. So space gives you um, a, a unique vantage point. It's scalable and you're able to transmit these signals across very long distances. Yes, that's, that's Got correct. It. Yeah. Got it. Okay, so... Yeah. This has all been super fascinating, and the tech is incredible, super interesting, but this is a startup, as you said, and you've gone from 
working at the center uh, and doing research now to running this startup. What is the business model here? How are you planning on making money with this tech? Yeah, so the, uh, we, we have a couple of um, kind of business models, um, well, two distinct ones. The first is, again, I think we can deliver or we are, we are kind of offering a dedicated mission uh, for companies or entities that needs it. Uh, so we call it a bespoke mission. Uh, essentially, we'll build the, the, uh, the satellite and uh, with partners, uh, but we'll build the quantum hardware ourselves, you know, integrate it and launch a mission for, for a customer. And they can use it anywhere they want or anyhow they want, right? Uh, and we have, you know, us as a company, we wouldn't have that control. So it's good for, for companies or entities that want that absolute security and also that confidentiality in, in terms of how they want to operate the, the quantum satellite. So that's one model that will kind of um, deliver a full mission to, to them. Really in the long term, um, you know, we are thinking of essentially distributing encryption keys as a service, right? So some of the enterprise customers, uh, like a bank, uh, data centers, and so on, um, they would not own and operate a satellite. Uh, for those uh, customers, um, they would essentially want to know that they have a secure, you know, quantum encrypted communication. Uh, with that, you know, we plan to partner with some of the telcos uh, or communication provider to to provide a quantum encrypted link, essentially quantum encrypted uh, communication. So we plan to offer that as a service for potential customers uh, in the future. Okay, and then in terms of market traction, I was I was curious to hear, you know, who is first to to adopt this new technology? You mentioned banks. What other types of of customers are you talking to? Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, I can't name uh, names right now, but uh, we're working with a number of defense groups mm-hmm. to to do you know trials and and proof of concepts for for this technology. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. We also have uh, a number of applications that wants to. Or we can also deploy kind of ground based or fiber based QKD. A number of trials there in um, you know the the computing kind of world or secure computing world. They they would like to uh, try out these things and a lot of um, uh, kind of early conversations of so telcos, uh, I would say early conversations, uh, number of MOUs signed with uh, major telcos around the world. Uh, they are eager to, because, you know, from a telcos perspective, you're providing communication as your core product or infrastructure, right? Um, uh, infrastructure product. Uh, you need to ensure that those communication infrastructure is safe for your customers. So a lot of these telco groups are coming forward and thinking about how to make their, their communication network quantum secure um, and and there's a number of banks and financial institutions that have you know taken interest as well we're doing kind of early phases of uh, potential uh, proof of concept with them interesting and then yeah. so who else is doing this I mean we've we've talked a little bit about um, China and the China Academy of Science are there other commercial entities that are looking at this and how is spectral in relation to these other efforts yeah so so I'll, I'll Kind of uh, lump the the QKD, you know that there are a number of companies providing fiber-based uh, QKD, and only you know a select two or three companies providing the space-based uh, for long distance uh, or QKD. Uh, we've seen a number of startups um, coming through to to say that they are they are in the in the landscape for for space-based QKD, but none of them that I know have demonstrated a quantum payload in space. There are also a couple of major satellite operators that have announced plans to provide, you know, quantum key distribution 
uh, products or services in future. But we understand that they are uh, in kind of uh, planning phase or proof of concept phase uh, right now or design phase right now. But, you know, uh, and kind of more so for the fiber-based QKD, there's been much, much uh, more activities there just because I think the, the technology is a little bit more accessible. But the, the, the ecosystem is very rich. Um, there's quite a number of players uh, here already. But I think looking at us as a company versus the, the other uh, companies planning to do space-based QKD, I think we have a good head start in terms of uh, technology, you know, having demonstrated that in space. And we are really putting that uh, framework around providing uh, a turnkey solution, you know, an easy-to-deploy turnkey solution for, for customers. Mm. And so you're really the, the leader in this from a commercial perspective. I mean, you were founded in 2017, but you have years of technology development while at the center. Yes, that, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, we're leveraging very, very uh, you know, mature and, and rich technology here. Okay. And then, so something that I meant to ask you a little bit earlier when we were talking about the technology, but this will kind of help me get my head around, you know, where you are in relation to others. Can you walk us through the the tech demo? And when you uh, demonstrated the, the QKD in space, can you walk us through what Spectral did? Oh, right. Yeah. So the, the, the team at Spectral, uh, uh, kind of while they are CQT um, together, uh, we essentially uh, have miniaturized a desktop size experiment into literally a 20cm by 10cm quantum payload that can fit on a CubeSat form factor. So that uh, quantum payload uh, is flying in space right now. Uh, we've done you know, all the associated space qualification. Um, it is flying in space right now on Spooky One. Um, you know, collecting a lot of data, as mentioned earlier, is very successful. That uh, quantum payload itself I would say is, is our core technology, kind of the miniaturization process is is difficult, uh, making it rugged uh, enough in a space environment, uh, you know, carefully selecting components that are, you know, space qualified and really keeping the stability of the quantum signals because as I mentioned earlier, so quantum signals are very, very finicky. So maintaining that uh, alignment, I call it, um, is very crucial while it's flying. So all of that kind of technology has gone into to the payload. Uh, we make it very rugged, very stable uh, in space. And, and that's kind of essentially the, the landmark or well, major milestones that we have uh, as a company together with CQT. And then really, I think the next step, uh, we have plans for uh, an internal mission, a service demonstration mission that uh, essentially can provide early service for potential customers in about the two-year time frame. Okay, yeah, that was my next question, is what's next for Spectral? Is it taking that signal now and bringing it to the ground, to and from the ground, and uh, essentially closing the circuit here? Yeah, exactly. So uh, just to be fair, so the, the Spooky One satellite, uh, we didn't implement the link from the spacecraft to ground. It was a, a demonstration of the quantum payload in space. And and that, again, I think is, is a milestone because uh, you know, it's, it's very, very challenging to do that. Uh, our next step, yeah, you're right. So we'll have in our next situation, we call it Spectral One. That's going to be our next satellite. Uh, we will have uh, a link from the spacecraft ground uh, using our telescopes, and you know, essentially also thinking about how to make it uh, again a turnkey solution. So uh, devices on the ground interfaces with the current communication uh, devices. Uh, essentially, you know, 
doing an end-to-end um, encryption, a secure, a quantum secured encryption uh, for customers. And that's all you need to do to close the gap um, between where you are right now and where China's uh, world-leading efforts are. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just to close the link, um, and and we don't really see that as as any kind of technology shows off us. You know, laser comms, uh, as you might know, is pretty mature already right now, kind of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. beaming, well, laser communication from spacecraft to ground. So we're going to work with a couple of key partners there that has very mature technology uh, to bring that, uh, to, to bridge that link uh, while we provide a quantum uh, de- device. So we really don't see that as a technology showstopper. It's more like a, a more engineering task to put uh, mm-hmm. the two systems together. And we, you know, we're very kind of uh, optimistic about that uh, that mission coming. Great to hear. Very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So on the show, we like to say that there's never been a better time to get involved in space investing. Can you give us your personal perspective on that and which areas uh, are most exciting for you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been space kind of working in the space industry for, for some time now and actually uh, came from the, well, the quote unquote, the old space uh, sec- sector, right? I've been watching the evolution of using smaller size satellites, CubeSats, the launch, again, a lot of launch providers uh, coming through. Um, so for, for our economy, Spectral, we are really leveraging uh, this technology base that's really built up you know, by a lot of other you know, pioneering companies mm-hmm. in the industry. The access to space, having small spacecraft uh, in space, and then opening up another applications to serve the community on on earth right so for us is uh, a cybersecurity or secure comms application um, and i think that you know just as a general theme having you know space-based assets uh, you know really opens up multiple new applications going forward you know people are doing imaging for for sure um, you know they have SAR constellations uh, uh, programs coming up and really, I think that's and a lot of I mean, you know better than I, I do, uh, Chad. A lot of innovative companies opening up new application, new industry, uh, new markets uh, by just innovative thoughts and innovation uh, technology, putting you know that, that technology on the space platform, and then you know uh, in commercializing that. Mm. So uh, yeah, I'm very very kind of bullish on just in general the space industry, right? Uh, you know, yeah. going forward. And it's great to hear, you know, that you can build this type of application and you don't have to build the entire supply or value chain yourself. You know, there's other companies and partners you can work with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, if us as a company, we're going to do the whole kind of chain, um, including all the supply chain of launch and satellite manufacturing. This is going to be a daunting task, right? Like 10 years ago, you know, I would never imagine being able to do that. But now, you know, with, you know, the the kind of ecosystem in place, mm. it makes it so much easier, and we concentrate on you know what we do best, which is kind of the quantum stuff, uh, and a lot of the you know the space you know hardware and and, and services. Um, you know, there's a lot of great partners out there. Okay, and if um, listeners would like to learn more about Spectral, what's the best way for them to go about doing that? Oh well, um, uh, you can visit us on the website. Uh, you can contact uh, me. I think the, the information is is on the website as well. At spectral uh, with a you know, spectral with a Q, spectral dot yeah. space. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. And we'll put a link to that in the um, show notes as well. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, please. Great. Chun Yang, it was great talking to you. Thank you very much for your time today. Certainly, a very interesting conversation. 
great. Thanks a lot, Chad, for for the invitation. Um, happy to share, you know, what what we have and what I know, and you know, best of luck for your the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Space Angels podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. If you're interested in learning more about investing in space startups, I invite you to visit our website, spaceangels.com, where you can learn all about how you can invest in this exciting new innovation economy.